Hey everyone, Steven Jensen here, and before we get into our conversation today with Gemma Jules, aka Zoe Walker, aka my friend that's been training wrestling for the last three years and recently made her debut, and we're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff on this episode, it's going to be a lot of fun, but before we get into it, I got to tell you all about my friends over at Music City Toys and Collectibles. Founded in 2002, formerly known as Heroes and Legends, Music City Toys and Collectibles is your southern fried source for vintage and modern toys, autographed memorabilia, and all things pop culture. Visit their brand new retail location opening May 1st at 101 West Main Street in Waterton, Tennessee. Keep up to date with all their special in-store signings, online sales, and convention appearances at musiccitytoys.biz and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at musiccitytoys. And the reason that that's so important, y'all, is I'll be there live in person on May the 1st in Waterton, Tennessee, which is Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be there doing a Q&A session with Dan the Beast Severn, UFC Hall of Famer, professional wrestling legend, former NWA heavyweight champion, and a guy who's out there on the indies still. A lot of people don't even know. I mean, we got a lot to talk about. Q&A is going to be awesome. There's still around 30 or so tickets available, so make sure to jump on Music City Toys on social media to find the links to go and purchase tickets. Basically, what we're going to be doing is we're going to watch some UFC fights with Dan Severn live, like on a screen, and then I'll be up there with a microphone, and we'll be taking questions from uh, from the audience. So it's going to be a really good time. I'd love to see you all there. And he's going to be doing an autograph signing, too. So buy some action figures from Music City Toys and Collectibles, bring some posters, bring whatever, and get some stuff signed by a bona fide legend of mixed martial arts as well as professional wrestling. Can't wait. Once again, the opening is going to be May 1st at 101 West Main Street in Waterton, Tennessee. And also on all their social media, their Facebook in particular, you can find claim sales, auctions, a whole bunch of great stuff. Um, If you're a collector, I highly recommend checking out their Facebook page as soon as possible because there's always serious deals going on over there. And also, before we get into this conversation with Zoe, just want to give you all a heads up. This weekend, there's a lot of great wrestling on independentwrestling.tv. You can use my code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K, all one word with no space in that promo code, and you'll get five days for free. You can use independentwrestling.tv or iwtv.live to get to the website. They're going to have live wrestling. They're going to have, I mean, literally thousands upon thousands of matches in their back catalog. They have hundreds of promotions. It's a great, great, great service that I fully believe in and something I've been using as a fan for the last, like, three or four years, back when it was powerbomb.tv, before it even became independentwrestling.tv. And with that promo code Fight Talk, you can watch for free for five days, as much as you want. So take advantage of that. Much appreciated. And with that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with myself and Zoe Walker, aka Gemma Jules, right here on the Fight Talk Podcast. Welcome back to the Fight Talk Podcast. This is Steven Jensen. I'm here in person with my friend Zoe Walker, who's now known as Gemma Jules. She's a trainee of the Nightmare Factory in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And she is now known, once again, as Gemma Jules. Recently had her debut match. Happy to see her here in person. Finally, this was like three years ago was the last time we did this. So a lot has changed. So, uh, I know this is kind of funny to say because we've been sitting here talking, but like, how are you doing to the people that are listening? <laughs> and we'll get into kind of your training and, and where everything's at here in a second. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me back. And hello to everybody as well. Um, I can't believe it's been a full three years. Like, I, it's, 
I'd seen that, you know, Facebook memory the other day um, popped up with me promoting the one we did three years ago, and I just, I was like two months in. So, yeah, wow, it's like, it's going to be three and a half years soon. Yeah, to give people context, the last time she was on the show, like, she had pretty much just learned the term kayfabe. <laughs> like, like she was learning wrestling lingo, um, which I thought was really cute, by the way, because it's like, I she, we talked about this on the first show that we did, but Zoe came into um, her training kind of thinking, like, WWE was, like, mm-hmm. was pro wrestling. Um, and then... That was, yeah, WWE or buzz, like, end all be all. Right. And now her eyes have been opened to this whole world of independent wrestling and all these other companies and the people she gets to train with and, and the people she gets to train under and stuff. So, like, um, I guess... I don't, I don't even know where to start with this. Like, so, in three years, obviously, you've learned a whole lot. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess kind of talk about what it's been like just since the last time we talked, you coming into this fresh, <laughs> and now, I mean, three years of... of of being in the ring, three years of probably working on promos, three years of probably mm-hmm. developing a character. Promos could use a, a little bit more work. <laughs> well, that a lot of people. There's we people don't on, work on those enough. <laughs> there's people on WWE TV though. That oh yeah, tell you that they have probably promos still. I mean, but um, yeah, I guess just kind of let me know kind of that kind of stuff to start off. Yeah. So, um, well, basically, it it you know kind of was a rocky start um, for me uh, just because I had to get used to getting hit. I was I was super timid. I was afraid to take a hit, and then also um, being, like, you know, getting a shoulder tackled by, like, a full-grown man is a little bit different. So your body has to become callous to everything. Um, So I was still getting used to a lot of that, um, learning new lingo. And like I said, like, I really didn't even know that, like, independent wrestling really was a a big thing. I just thought it was, okay, it's somebody running their own promotion in their backyard or whatever, and it's it's not worth anything. It's it's blah, blah, blah. But, um... It's, it's grown so much, like we were just saying, especially in Georgia now, and it's, it's great, and I, I feel like it's just really opened the door, um, for a lot of people, and a lot of people that really want this, it's become more attainable, which is good, which is a great thing, in my opinion, as long as, as you're good enough, and, and you have that mindset, so, um, the independents are, like, now it's just like, oh, I'll probably never get to WWE, but I, I don't care, I, I would rather, you know, maybe... Uh, AW Impact or um, Ring of Honor, any of the smaller ones, or as long as they treat me right, if I can make a living wrestling, like a, an actual living off of it, then I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. So you've been you've been in now for like three years, give or take, right? Like mm-hmm. total. So <clears throat> you got to also figure three years in, and you're starting to get bookings, and. Some people, you know, make it to the WWE. Some people don't. Yeah. Some people it takes ten years. Some people it takes two years. Some people, um, and there's, but like you said, there's so many other options now mm-hmm. um, that they're in. Even on the independents themselves, like we were saying, like you can, there are wrestlers that I know personally, or that you know I have friends that are mutual friends with, and I hear stories more often than people realize where. Like, they've spoken with WWE about going to Performance Center, or they've spoken with New Japan about possibly going out there and all this stuff, and they prefer yeah. to work the indies. They like being their own bosses. Yeah. They like, they make decent money, and they, they got their own schedules and the whole deal. So, like, it's good to know that you're uh, you're kind of so much more open-minded now about, like, Absolutely. the whole scene of professional wrestling. Because I think the first time we talked, you were like, I'm in like a year. I want to work for the WWE, and I was like thinking in my mind, like, a year, that would, wow. like, and I was thinking like <laughs> that'd be awesome if that happened. But like, 
I, I, you know, but it's, it's really cool to learn like how, how much your wrestling, uh, mind has grown in the last three years. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was, you know, at, uh, I am at a different school now. So I, I was originally at another one before, um, I did, you know, like it, it just kind of seemed, um, a little all over the place and, and it just seems like, uh, run as more of a, a business operation, um, by somebody who has not, had not wrestled before. And, um, it was just kind of difficult for me to gain momentum there, let's just say. And it just, um, ended up just not really working out for me. Sure. Um, but during that time when it, it wasn't, uh, working was when another school had opened up and, and I started to see posts about it. It was uh, one fall power factory and I was like, Oh, what's this? You know, and it, it's closer to me and, um, their trainings at night. So I, I would, I mean, I was driving from my nine to five job, like eating like at my nine to five, heating up, you know, microwave dinner and then hopping in the car and sitting in traffic for over an hour to get all the way down to Morrow, Georgia to, um, to train. Right. And it was a lot. And then it would go till about eight 30, but now we start at eight 30. So it's, it's a whole different thing. And I, I like it better. Um, because I've always been a person that works out in the evening anyway, because I, I'm not good at, I'm not a morning person for like working out at least like I'm still half asleep. So it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work. So that, so so that eventually evolves right into the Nightmare Factory, which is where you train now. Yeah, only recently. I don't think it's been, it's even been a full year since Cody um, bought half our school, basically. Um, once AEW started to really take off, um, that's kind of when uh, Cody and QT decided to host a camp and um, for, for new potential wrestlers and they apply to get in. And um, it's, it's a great camp. And it's, uh, I believe it's like, 12 weeks and then they have a debut show and they just kind of make their way out there and some stay and train with us. Some move back where they came from, but a lot of people have given up, you know, a lot of stuff at, at, in their own personal life and moved here to be able to do that and save their money and everything. And that's, that's true dedication. That's, that's what it really takes. Yeah, for sure. And, mm-hmm. and you're mainly trained by QT Marshall and Ray Lloyd, who's also yes. known as Glacier for mm-hmm. us, you know, old school WCW fans. Um, let me, let the listeners know, you know, what that's been like, you know, training with, with guys that are like so well known and so good at what they do. Like, oh, yeah. you know, we're seeing so many of these products from the Nightmare Factory popping up in places like AEW recently and they're all yeah. really, really solid. Um, it's been like, honest, it basically has just been an honor to now, now that to see where both of them are, um, to be, ha- to have been trained by them because it, it started off um just you know one fall power factory is where i went it had the one ring like i said with the blue ropes and this white painted you know little area back in uh in chip smith um facility you know academy um sports academy whatever um and it was just a, a bunch of us and we would just wrestle for three hours straight just working on any old thing just all of us across the board at different skill levels there was no like brand new newbie class but then once we got enough new people that's when um, Luke Grimes started to um, train and take over the new class. He had been uh, wrestling, you know, at, at one fall and known QT for about four years. Was doing, he's really great at what he does. So um, he started training the newer ones, and QT would train the night veteran class. Um, Cody Vance would help out as well, uh, otherwise known as Ten of the Dark Order. Um, absolutely love uh, Cody, both Vance and Rhodes. Um, Cody Rhodes would come in on occasion, but, uh, he obviously was, was very busy. Um, 
So, and then the first two years, or I guess first year at um, now Nightmare Factory, Glacier was living in Florida. So he, I didn't train under him immediately. It was mostly QT. Um, and he's incredible at what he does. And I, I know in my heart that I, I made the best decision and I feel that I'm at one of the best schools, uh, if not the best in the States. Yeah, I, I agree. So I mean, an honor. That, that's awesome. Um, it's funny because some of these wrestlers that I've either met or I've watched, you know, the last couple of years kind of out in the indie scene, I'll randomly see kind of connections that they have with you now, which I think is, is such a small <laughs> world thing. Cause like, Oh, uh, like, like O'Shea Edwards. I know that, you know, yeah. you met O'Shea. He was at my um, first school and then he went to, he went to both. Yeah. Power factory as well. And then you got, um, I saw a picture with you and Kung Fu Donnie Janela recently. Um, <laughs> I love Donnie. <laughs> um, like I'm a big fan of Lee Johnson. I, I was watching him out at uh, Southern Underground Pro and I think. Yeah, with him. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, so it's like, it's, it's funny how small of a world this is. Like how, who would you, I guess, kind of, are there any, who are some people you would name kind of outside of the people I mentioned as people that like you've either learned a lot from or you're seeing, you know, succeeding on the indies that you, that you kind of know on a personal level now. Oh, wow. Well, um, uh, you know, TJ Perkins is actually a close friend of mine. Um, he did a seminar and, uh, I did learn a lot from him that, that day and, um, we kept in touch and he's, I, I have learned, you know, I, well, I learned a lot from him, but I guess that's not really an independent wrestler per se, but, but if you mean more local, yeah. Um, my first debut match was against um, the singing siren Shalon Shalonse Royale is um, that's her character name, but her actual name is Shalandra Royale Royal, and um, she I've been training with her. I, I was lucky enough to have my first match with her after training with her for two years. Um, even though I'm five eleven, she's five nothing. It was you know a little bit difficult, but she really is great at what she does, and she taught me a lot as far as the girl stuff in girls wrestling because she was somebody who picked it up like that, like super quick. Um, like I said, you know, uh, Cody Vance, uh, dark orders 10. I did learn a lot from him. He, he is a great coach. Um, and I hope someday he eventually, you know, wants to do that after it, when, and if he retires from the ring, you know, um, he's great at that. Let me see who else. Cause there weren't, there weren't a lot of girls. There's never really a lot of girls in the training classes. So, right. Right. So that's difficult. Um, Alan Angels, number yeah, five, five the sure. Dark Order. He's helped with training as well. Um, so, yeah. And, and of course, Luke. Uh, Luke Grimes. He has helped me a lot now, especially um, he does basically our training every night. So, for the most part, yeah, it's it's been people like that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. It's such a small world. Like, I'm so excited to see you, like, dip more and more into working indie shows. Um, I know you said that you have some bookings coming up. How did that all happen? Yeah. So people saw your debut match at the Nightmare Factory and maybe a little word of mouth here and there. Um, there. Well, I've been friends with, like, a lot of people just start adding you after you, like, debut or just even before, during, you know, when you're training. You start um, mutual friends and they start adding you. And uh, and there was a promoter, um, Eric Nelson, who had added me. Um, and he just said, you know, I've, I've been watching and following your journey. Uh, once you debut, we'd love to have you. So I kind of already had that in with him. Awesome. Um, which is going to put me hopefully at MomoCon, uh, hoping that, I mean, if, if it happens this summer, uh, absolutely excited for that because that's huge. And, 
Um, he also has me doing a, uh, a charity, um, event like Jeff Foxworthy, um, is running, it's like a golf, um, charity tournament, you know, they'll have like uh, live wrestling, I guess yeah. as part of the entertainment. <laughs> so that's awesome. And, um, and music, silent auctions, you know, golf tournament, all that good stuff. So I have that coming up in June, June 28th as well. So that'll be huge. Um, so I knew him first and then there was, uh, the one coming up for Mania Weekend that I'm so excited about. That was my first, uh, my first poster that I'm on that I posted last night. Coastal Empire Wrestling, which is in Savannah. They're somewhat new, but they have not had any women's wrestling yet. So I'm going to be the first, um, in a match with, uh, Tracy Taylor. And what's ironic about that is I originally thought I'd debut at, um, in Lariato's promotion if I didn't debut at my own school. Uh, and I thought to myself, you know, I wonder who's there. I was talking to my friend Tyson Dean. He's he's actually somebody. He's now a uh, or Neil Volkov, I think, or something. <laughs> Alexander Volkov. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Tyson Dean. But I still can't stop calling him Tyson Dean. You know that was who he was forever. So um, he also helped me. That's another uh, local talent that has helped me a lot with my training. And I would send him matches. He critiques stuff. He's great. Um, but he also, um, I I had asked him originally. Hey, like with Larry Otto, like. Who, what kind of girls do you have there? You know, who um, should I uh, have a match with if I if I were to debut there? And he was like, probably Tracy, because, you know, she's one of the best, and she was a coach and all that. So I can't, I mean, now that my second match is going to be with her, and it's like a debut of a women's match, Mania Weekend, I'm so excited for that. that That's going to happen ask, in Savannah? Yes, Friday, April 9th. I couldn't ask for a better opponent, you know, and, yeah. and a better situation. I'm going to go and... Because I have family in Tybee Island I can stay with, so it's even better. And uh, just kind of kill two birds, one stone, go visit the family, and just have fun. Hell yeah. I went to yeah. college at Georgia Southern University close to Savannah. I used to go oh, there yeah. for uh, St. Patty's and stuff. That's a great city. Um, in Tybee Island, I've been, I've been there as well. I was down there to promote Uber. That's how long ago it was, when Uber had just come out. St. Patty's Day in Savannah River Street. Wow. I That's... wore uh, gladiator sandals. They were kind of like a rubber material, and I thought I had like a hairline fracture in my foot <laughs> after walking walking on that cobblestone. It was yeah, terrible. That's true. That's true. Mm. Um, is that what you're doing mostly outside of wrestling? Is like promotional work and, and that kind of stuff still? Still, yeah, I've always done that. I had a nine to five in in sports marketing when I uh, when I started um, wrestling and. I, I mean, I loved it. I loved my boss. I was there, you know, five years, but, um, actually, uh, I, I did, and I knew that, you know, this would eventually come up. I, uh, lost my dad out of nowhere. Um, only a few months after we did that podcast three years ago, right. uh, August 17th, um, 2018, just out of nowhere. And he was my best friend, my biggest supporter and a former professional athlete himself. And, you know, he just wanted the best for me and wanted to push me and, um, that's another reason I, I, it was something I couldn't really give up on because I did want to give up at one point. I'll go into that a little later, but, um, you know, after I, I lost him, a lot of my perspective on several things changed and I kind of just felt I wasn't motivated at my job anymore. It was hard for me to move up and I just, I was dealing with so much since he had passed without a will and just trying to deal with, um, and he was living with a woman that he wasn't married to. It it was a mess. So I I had a million phone calls and meetings and conferences and talking to different types of attorneys and tax people all day, every day. It was just too much. Um, and it got to me. And I mean, I kept training through all of this because wrestling ended up being a, a great escape for me and, and still something I could put that grief and, um, you know, anger and emotion into, 
Um, so when when he passed out of nowhere, that's again, it's just my my perspective changed, and I was just like, do I want to be here forever? Like, I'm not making commission. I I just thought to myself, I've, I've been in promotions for now ten years, so I'm like, I mean, they're pretty regular for the most part, and they do pay a high hourly. So why can't I just do that? For sure. And um, that's when I decided to uh, to quit my nine to five, and uh, almost we're going on almost two or three years. In November, I quit because um, I had gotten a little bit of inheritance, and I just decided to kind of take a step back and take a breath. And uh, it was the best thing I could have ever done for myself. Uh, the nine to five was killing me. I was sitting, you know, at a desk all day. I had to get like um, cortisone injections in my back. My knees were killing me. It's just sitting is a new smoking. They say it just yeah. It, it was a mess, and and it was just a lot that was that was on my plate, on my shoulders. And the day that I did walk away from it was. I mean, a, a mountain of just stress was just lifted. Yeah. And, you know, I tell people all the time because I, I kind of, I was the same way with, um, like, kind of my work, the way my work uh, career kind of wound up going where the more that I was doing stuff that I really enjoyed, like podcasting and YouTube and mm-hmm. whatnot, the more I realized, like, I can just take, like, a part-time job or I can just, That's, you know, yeah, like, exactly. I don't have to be, like, and, and here's the thing, my priorities are... You know, I'm single. I don't have kids. Like, I don't have, like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't have, you know, I understand why people make a lot of decisions they make because there's other people being affected by that. Right. But if you're in a position where, like, you know, you're doing something that you love and you just need to kind of supplement that, just kind of keep that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff in mind. Um, And I know, so I told you, I texted you about this as it was happening. I didn't tell you the full story, but Mm. this is, this is how small world the world is. So last year I was in, I was heading to Las Vegas for a UFC pay-per-view mm-hmm. and this was like right before the pandemic really. Right. And there is a dude sitting next to me. I was by myself and there's this random dude sitting next to me wearing sunglasses on the airplane, got a hockey jersey on. And I kid you not, the dude's just doing lines in the, on the plane. Just, oh. just Coke. Right. I mean, All just right. straight up. He, uh. He looks about my age, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, all right, like, this is happening, man. I'm not, like, going to tell on him or anything, and I'm just kind of sitting there. And I the mean, guys, you're on your way to Vegas, right? Yeah, we're heading to <laughs> Vegas, and he's telling me all about how, like, he's meeting his boys there, and, like, it's, like, a bachelor weekend type thing, and, and I was like, but, you know, and he was like, he was a nice guy, and anyway, he pulls up his laptop and starts playing hockey clips, mm-hmm. and your dad was a part of that. Oh, right. And he was like, he was friends with your brother, this kid. And, I remember, yeah. And, and he, he played junior hockey with my brother. Now I remember who it is. Okay. Yeah, and he and I didn't want to say his name, like, for obvious yeah. reasons. But and the guy was cool as hell, but it was funny because it was, like, so small world. Because he mentioned somehow, like, I don't know if it was because I looked at the screen and I was, like, Walker. And I knew, like, your dad played or something. Something, mm-hmm. some, something clicked between me and this guy. And we both realized, like... Oh yeah, like I I know Zoe, like you know her her brother, like this is such a small such yeah. a small world, you know what I mean? That's not the first time that happened either. I had a friend that worked it when I worked in Saks Fifth Avenue and she worked in designer stuff too. She um she mentioned something about a guy coming in that knew my dad and I and, and I think he was another hockey parent and, and she just was like, Wow and uh she said that I guess that person had said that my dad, Kurt, was such a, a great coach, and 
and really was patient with his son and let him play even though he wasn't the best. Something like that made him, like, you know, change his mind about hockey. So it's always great to hear the stories. It's awesome. Well, and um, your dad, like, must have been a total badass because, like, the clips were, like, it was, like, fights and stuff. It was, he was, you know, in, he was enforcing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I think is, I don't know much about hockey, but, like, I'll never forget, like, when the Atlanta Thrashers were around, I can only name one player ever. His name was Greg Odgers. And it was because he was the enforcer for the team. Because I remember oh. he'd come in mm-hmm. and just start fighting people. And I was like, this is the coolest guy on the whole team right here. Yeah. So that's badass. Hockey recruits, specific, like the movie Goon. They, they recruit yeah. people <laughs> to take care of their players. Fighting is part of the sport. And you need somebody intimidating. And I, I didn't really know that that was a thing until I really um, kind of looked into it as well or, or would hear more about, you know, Broad Street bullies and all that good stuff and um, how, like, when after he passed, you know, there was an outpouring of support and messages. People were like, you know, he was great. The team needed him like that. He took care of his teammates. He this, that. And um, it, it's great. So enforcers are hired. <laughs> yeah. For that specific reason. Yeah. For sure. I think it's just, I just think it's badass that your dad was an enforcer and he was so well known. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great man. You know, I'm sure you know this, but you know, Chris Jericho, his dad was in the NHL and like, I know that that was, uh, it's always been a big I don't know if I knew his dad was. Yeah. His dad's, uh, name was Ted Irvine. Irvine. Ted Irvine. Oh, okay. Um, But, uh, but I just, I just kind of made that connection there with like, you know. Hockey and wrestling are really like hand in hand sometimes. Like they really are. There's so, because there's so many Canadian wrestlers and. You know, let's face it, it's obviously better in Canada, but, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome that there's such a connection there that, that just makes it even better for me. Like I posted, um, yesterday, you know, a friend of mine uh, or a friend of my dad's really, um, made two hockey pucks with, for me. I saw yeah, that. Yeah. And sent them to me. I was like, that is so sweet with stickers, you know, pictures of me. And, um, I, I told him straight up, I'm like, you know, I, I may make that just part of my, um, merch in the future once I kind of establish uh, why I would, and so people aren't like, this is the wrong sport, well, what the hell are you giving me this for, <laughs> you know, why do you have pucks for sale, <laughs> but I, I think it's something I'll look into down the road. Yeah, I mean, you never know, There, there's people out there that have some of the wildest merch that sells, like, oh, I bet, there's a, there's a group called the Ugly Ducklings out there on the Indies, and they're, I mean, their gimmicks are, you know, it's like a very duck themed, but they'll sell like little stuffed animals and stuff. And like they sell like their merch tables clear. Yeah, out. I, I mean, bet. I bet. I, I need to get some kind of t-shirt going. Yes, for sure. You got to get in that t-shirt. Game. I just need to get a symbol or the, you know, the design of something that I, I want for a logo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good way to segue though. Cause like <laughs> I was going to ask you how the name Gemma Jewels came about because you're going to have to come up with some sort of logo that's either yeah. going to be jewel themed or like a G and a J. Exactly. Or, you know. And well, what's cool about that, I didn't even mean for it to, to be like gems and jewels. Like I, I really didn't even mean to do that. Um, it took me forever to get to a gimmick that made sense and something I could do that made me stand out and something that wasn't done before like every you know female wrestler uh they can start to look the same like cutouts uh after a certain amount of time you know you like what what can differentiate you from the rest and um Gemma is actually to pay homage to Sons of Anarchy to, to Katie Seagal's character in Sons of Anarchy her name is Gemma she's a bad bitch and you know takes shit from anybody um my old boss at my old job uh you know for sports marketing he um actually used to call me that and give me that nickname. Oh, okay, a lot nice. of people compared me to her sometimes just in the fact, I guess that I, I don't, you know, I don't take shit from people either. Just how I was raised like my dad. Um, and 
they just called me Gemma, and I just kept thinking, you know, maybe I was like, at first, like, Gemma, Jolt, like, electricity, maybe something cool, like, I could have a move, you know, like, electric fence, like, a hold or something like that. Yeah. But it just, I was like, well, that's not really me. I don't know if I like the color yellow or lime green. I don't know how I'd want to do this. You have this. to look like, like a caution sign or something. And, yeah. yeah, but it just kept, but then, all of a sudden, I just kept starting to hear or say the name Jules in my head, and I was like, I don't know why it has such a nice ring to it. And again, I wasn't even thinking gems and jewels. Later, that came to me. I was just like, all right, I'm going to shelf this name. We'll save it. We'll see how it goes. You know, I was like, Gemma Jules. And then I, then I realized, and I was like, oh, everything could be bedazzled. My my fans could be called gems. I could say catchphrases, you know, like Jules rules, like my fire up thing. And like, That's what awesome. a gem. And, and it just, I feel like there's so much that can be done with it. And uh, especially to play you know, babyface and a heel. I, I've already got in mind what a heel gimmick would be like. So, um, for it. So I think it's, it's transitional and in that way. Um, and I, I'm really happy with it now. Yeah. So that was all you, I mean that, so the whole name was, was your idea. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, man, that's so, I, it's so wild to think that like three years ago, like how much has changed? I know, like, I know. Um, I'm proud of it. Do you, I and you mentioned you know a lot of the training you do because there aren't a lot of females around. It's a mm-hmm. lot of you know wrestling guys. Um, and you know there's a lot of varying opinions on intergender wrestling, like whether or not it's right. good, whether or not people should do it. You know this or that. My personal opinion of if it can be, there are there are women who can pull it off really well. Tessa Blanchard. She, yeah, very good at it. Um, Allie Katz, someone currently on the Indies, that's very good at it. Um, Chris mm-hmm. Tatlander with AEW is very good at it. There, there's, there's, there are, you know, yeah. There, yeah. But, it, but because of someone like me who watches as much like MMA as I do, for instance, and yeah. you're not used to seeing a man and a woman fighting because that's yeah. so. I know they're different things, but you know what I'm saying. Ultimately, yeah, it's, it's just not believable, in my opinion. In 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 actual competition, I agree. Um, yes. Now, pro wrestling being a bit different because it's more of a. More, it's like an athletic play almost, right? So it's like... Now, I think amateur wrestling, guy and girl, maybe not either. I mean, but that is, that is a thing, though. Like, that, that happens. It, it is, and that that's totally fine. So, so my... I'm sorry, you can go ahead and finish. Oh, I was, I was just gonna... I was just gonna ask you what your opinion was, and, like, if whether or not you like doing it, or if it's something, like, you would be interested in doing on the indies, because it is... It is very prevalent on the indies. There is a lot of intergender yeah. on, the wrestling, uh, on the indies. Um, well, I definitely wouldn't be opposed because I've, I've trained, you know, with men. I guess it would depend, obviously, on size and, like, how they measure up. I, I wouldn't want to go against somebody, like, you know, who's huge, like Brock Lesnar or something well, something be, like that. And to be fair, for those of y'all who don't know, Zoe is, what, about 5'11"? Five, five 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 yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, she's she looks Slender. like she's... Yeah, oh, very attractive. I mean, like... Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, I just I, mean, I'm not, like, all muscle. But I'm I, not... Three hundred pounds. <laughs> I, I compared you to Charlotte Flair, like thank like, you. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's who I love a, to emulate. Too. And and um, but that's but my point is, you like there are there are some women that are like you know, five foot five foot one, and they're wrestling a guy who's like six three, and it looks a little strange. You yeah. you wouldn't look that out of place. Thank you. You know what I mean? If, if that's yeah, and I I think um intergender for like mixed tag and stuff. I think that's awesome. Those look great, and there's actually um, one of the guys in the um, the camp right now that my school is doing. Uh, his name is well, he calls himself Diamond Chic um, because he he actually owns a luxury uh, jewelry store here. He's got clients like Shaq, all kinds of rappers and everything. Hell yeah. He's super cool. 
And uh, he actually did a custom piece for Andrade um, for Charlotte Flair, like a diamond lucha mask. It, oh, it's so awesome. I, it's so cool. I've got to show you his profile before I go. But he, um, him, and I got to talking one night. And I'm like, we should totally do like a intergender like mixed tag because of the gems and the jewels thing. And he's starting to name his moves after you know diamonds and and jewel terms. So so like me as well. Um, so I'm like, this is cool. Like I would love to be you know mixed tag. Um, but aside from that, I just think for the most part, at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, wrestling is, has pretty has gone pretty far into the shits lately. Some some shows and some matches. I mean, not all of it, but I at the end of the day, like I said, I'm still pretty old school with kayfabe, and I I just don't know if it's the most believable thing unless it's me fighting, you know, somebody's weak, like scared manager or something like a cowardice man. Sure. And then it just embarrasses them and overall. So it's, again, it, it, they'd have to be willing to do it. It's, it's one thing uh, for, like, a character. They're playing a character and I'm wrestling them. But I, I just don't know that it's it's fully believable. But I'm, I'm not opposed. If, if it, the size is right, if it measures up correctly. Because there are men um, that I wrestle with and train with all the time that I, I wrestle with and have matches with that I definitely would in front of people. If it's an obvious character that is going to maybe, like, be embarrassed right? in a sense or something like that, I think, as opposed to just, like, a matchup between, like, Charlotte Flair and Drew McIntyre, for instance, or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, that's interesting. I wanted to ask, like, what's, it's, like, the most important stuff you've learned over the last few years, but, like, it's got to be so much different it stuff. It is, yeah. Um, I guess a couple things. The one thing that... QT just says, and I just hear it in my head all the time because he always says it. Treat it like it's real. Treat it like it's real. Treat it like treat it like it's real. Half the time I'd be like, I don't know what the hell that means. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you What do you mean? Like, and and I came up with like eight different you know explanations for it, all that. And um, he was like, meaning treat it like a real fight. What you would do. That's how your psychology kind of translates into the ring. Like, you know, because I hear him asking questions like, okay, so if this were a real fight, if he punched you like that, you wouldn't just stand there and wait for the next one, right? You would you would go ahead and, and take a shot at him. So that kind of thing, putting that logic into it, has helped a ton. And um, so that kind of thing as far as that and, and just not, not stopping, just always making sure to just keep going. Um, grab a hold if you get lost. <laughs> uh, that's That's always a good thing to remember. Um, and treat it like it's real also means wrestle like you're in front of people constantly because those habits, you want to make that a habit. Um, and, and you never know who's watching too. Right, like, right. You know, I've, I've heard stories about people that were like showed up to a WWE, um, like they were going to be used as extras, but they mm-hmm. got in the ring before the show and just rolled around with people. And like, right. William Regal happened to be watching or Shawn Michaels happened yeah. to be watching. And it's like, the next thing you know, they're getting, they're getting booked on the show. Cause like they were just out there having good matches I've when heard. no one was watching. Randy Orton just sits in sometimes to just watch, just to hang out, you know? So that's definitely true. Yeah. So that, that's a lot of what I've learned, the psychology of things and, it always has me thinking when I'm putting matches together, does this make sense? Are we doing too many of this? Are we doing too much of that? I just like like for it to make sense. That's that's what I'm always I'm always thinking, what's the story here? What are we conveying? Because Glacier always drills into us. You need to establish up front a story and you need the crowd needs to know who's the heel and who's who's the face. Because without that, you're just watching you can't get into it. Because sometimes at my school I'll I'll literally look around and I'll turn to the next person, I'll be like 
Who's the heel? I still can't tell. But I like to go ahead and establish it up front. So, like, when I did wrestle um, one of the guys in my class, for instance, he, one of his um, things was, uh, I was like, no, I've got an idea. Like, at the beginning, just ask me out for a drink. Just say, let's forget this whole thing. Let's just go have a drink, and then that'll set the precedent. And nobody else that night, we had gone through probably, like, eight, six matches in a row already. And QT, at the end of the night, was like, every single match was boring. Because none of them established any character. It was just, it, that was it. So I was like, no, I'm not getting up there without, I'm not getting up there to just wrestle. There needs to be a story. That's, yeah. that's the most important thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I hear, uh, like, Kevin Owens talks about that a lot in his interviews. About mm-hmm. how, one of the, I think that's what Stone Cold Steve Austin told him when he met him, like, years and years ago. Was, like, never stop running your mouth. Because, mm-hmm. basically for that reason. Like, because even if you aren't either the best in the ring or, you know, this or that. Like, if you can get people interested in your character, character yeah. that's really ultimately what's the most important. Some of the best matches ever. If you watch, like, Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan with WrestleMania mm-hmm. six, they do, like, seven moves total, and it's the most basic match ever, but it's, their characters are so over, it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah, people want, and people want a backstory. They want somebody to cheer for. I mean, as Jim Cornette has said, it's an athletic competition between two individuals that has a story behind of why they're fighting and a reason why they're fighting and that you have to convey or it'll be boring as hell yeah <laughs> in my opinion it just gets boring when i don't know i just know when i watch it and i'm not i don't know who's the heel and who's the face i'm just like all right I'm, i tune out who are your like favorite wrestlers to watch right now as a fan who's doing i now? mean there's you know i don't know if we went over this three years ago, but my love for him has only grown. I mean, there's there's only one person that really is, I think, one of the best and the best performers of all time. He... I know he, who you're going to say. He embodies yeah. everything that a, that a wrestler and a performer should be with a perfect career and keeping kayfabe and everything he did for the business. So it's The Undertaker. He's not only, like, my favorite wrestler, but he's my favorite human being just because of who he is. He, he's a great guy. He's humbled. He's down to earth. He gave everything he had and a perfect career 30 years and did not break KFA. That's unheard of. And he still, like I said, I bawled my eyes out when he retired, but it still took everything he had to say it because he couldn't. And he still, you know that this, that's grit. He loves the business. And um, that's just what I'm hope, I, I would hope that that's what every young wrestler would aspire to be and have, an, have a career like that. So that's why I feel like that's where the majority of my seriousness about this comes from. Where I'm not the type of person that's just going to be like talking to the person I have a match with, like in front of everybody. Like I, I don't want to give away magician secrets. It's it's not fun. Like Glacier always says, it's not fun when you see the wires on the floating lady. Sure. Right? You don't want to see that. You 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 know it's the end of the day. Like Logan Creed has said before, it's it's fake, but is it? You know, because it, it's sometimes there's. I know I real... like super big. Tall yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays, real... plays Mads Kruger on MLW. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, well, yeah um, there's a there's a lot of of emotion and things that go into it. You don't know sometimes if these people have had some kind of beef or past or what their talents are. So that that's all. I mean, so Undertaker is obviously your favorite ever, and like, but as far as like, is, is there people? That you watch in the ring currently that you kind of mold what you're doing after? Well, Taker, I actually, because 
so so what originally happened to me, and this this is where I'll get into it. Um, I almost quit uh, about two a little over two years ago. Um, it was right after I had gone from my first school and just started at Power Factory. Uh, obviously my self-esteem wasn't there. I, I felt that I had left that school not knowing anything and my brain was all over the place. And then I lost my dad. I'm working a nine to five and I've got calls and, and meetings and all this shit. Excuse my language. No, no, no. You can say whatever the fuck you want. I know you told me, but still (laughs) be a lady. And so I had so much weighing on me. And even though wrestling was an escape, I wasn't, something wasn't clicking. I, I wasn't getting it. Um, And I do have ADHD, so I forget that it's a learning disability, and I'm not excusing myself. I don't lay on that. I don't rest on that. Um, But it's sometimes things are a little bit more difficult for me to get out off the off the bat than they are for other people. Sure, it's understandable. Like, uh, in in a in a deeper way than most. Like, it's one thing to just you know slack off, not pay attention. But for me, I'll I'll listen to everything you're saying, but I still. I'm like, wait, what? I, I have to have it sometimes, you know, re-explained. And Just for what it's seem... worth, like, my, my brother cannot read a book, like, because his his really? his, his attention span, yeah. it just, he can't, after a few pages, it just stops going into his brain. Like, right. I, I get that. I try my best to read, but it, it's the same shit, you know? And I, I know everyone's like, oh, like, uh, yeah, nobody can pay attention anymore. They have phones and all that. But no, this is when I was in elementary school, long before iPhones, smartphones, that's, you know, where teachers were calling my parents saying, like, she can't focus. She's, no matter what, she's always in, and it's, like, the difference with us and just somebody that's normal is I'm distracted by, like, the bag of chips cracking out in the hallway and, and the walking and the opening of the doors. Like, I'm, I'm, it's not just because somebody said something or talked to me. It was, it's everything around is trying to pull you from what you're trying to focus on. So, anyway, it's. I knew that, uh, obviously I know that that's part of it, but I also kept seeing new people and girls come in and just pick this up like that. And and they were just good. And, and I was just like, one day I was like, you know, maybe this isn't for me. I, I mean, I've given it a good shot, but I don't know if I'm ever going to get this. I'm so overwhelmed and I don't know. So I then one day, um, because most people are like, oh, well just study, do what your favorite wrestlers do. But for me, I was like, well, I can't even think of one thing that any of them do. Like, it, it wasn't, oh, they all have, you know, Ric Flair, they say, has the same match every time. Like, I that stuff was not blending in as one to me. I, I was, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, well, also, like... Nothing was memorable, so when they're like, oh, do what that person does, I'm like, I, I don't know what they do. Well, it's also, like, I mean, if you're, like, a big Undertaker fan going into this, it's not like day one you're going to start tight roping, tight, walking the tightrope on the on the top right. rope and be hitting old school. Right, people, right, you know exactly, what I mean? which is now actually in one of my movesets. That's which is something awesome. I do. But day that's, one, that's impossible. Right, exactly, <laughs> pay homage to him. But, um, no, so it, it was just, I'm, I'm just like, what, like, what is with me and, and why can't I get this? So one day I was like, all right, I'm going to really not watch this. It's it's hard to not watch. I, I think I was just watching as a fan. It's hard to not watch as a fan. Once you're trained to wrestle, now I can't not see stuff. You know what I mean? But you can turn it off and on. It's really weird. You can turn on as a fan watching, and then you can turn that off in your head. You really can. So I decided to go home and just look at, um, watch tall wrestlers and how they work their bodies and how they moved in the ring. Um, I guess... All in all, in my head, I was convinced that everybody had to do 10,000 backflips and 
and um, and all kinds of just weird things and just these high flying stunts and these crazy this that and whatever. That's that's what I had in my head. I thought I had to learn everybody's move in the book, and clearly that's not the case. There's a million different styles. So I went home. Three days straight, I watched nothing but tall wrestlers. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Undertaker, Charlotte Flair, Lacey Evans. Um, even just some old school like Stacey Keebler stuff because she's tall and just how she moved. I I took pages and pages of notes, about three or four or five pages, and I went back with a different attitude. And I started to see the similarities in after, like, by my third Charlotte Flair match. I'm like, oh, she does that a lot. Oh, and it, it clicked. It clicked. Something clicked. I went back. I told QT, um, hey, I, I wrote some stuff down. I want to try. He went through my notes, and he ran some stuff with me in the ring. And he even told me, he was like, I, I don't know, like, what you did, but you're a hundred times better. And that was the beginning of it for me. I just decided to, I was finally ready to take hits and feel this and get hurt and um, really just put into it what I could. And I started to remember what people, what moves wrestlers were doing. I just, I basically, what I did was with, you know, ADD and all just kind of made it into a way that I could learn it. Just made, just changed my way of learning it. That's and awesome. It, sa- it saved me because I was going to quit. So, so it sounds like basically you, you watched a lot of wrestlers that you thought you might be able to relate to or take things from and, yeah. and learn from. And it just, it just clicked one day mm-hmm. and you got back in there and things just, you yeah. haven't looked back. Thank God. Yeah. I, I'm super happy that I did that. And I, I, um, so I do actually emulate moves that The Undertaker does. I do emulate a lot of Charlotte Flair. I love Lacey Evans. Uh, I think she's a great heel. Um, I there you was, watch China at all? Like old I China haven't matches? actually. But I think I, that'd be a good one because she she worked so. Will. I mean, because she was she was you know she right. was so unique, right? And she was I, wrestling men, right? <laughs> she was wrestling. She was the Intercontinental Champion at one point. I mean, she she's someone that doesn't get talked enough about because True. of the, because of what all after her yeah. career. Um, but that's I would recommend. Like I, I I feel like you. I think there's certain things that she did that you could incorporate that like would just make you so badass. Mm-hmm. So thank you. I definitely couldn't. That's somebody else I need to watch for sure because I still study now all the time. Now that it's been that easy for me, because I remember my first month or week or whatever of wrestling they're like here um here's a notebook and a pen i'm like hell do i need this for like i you know i'm like what but writing things down is literally been proven that it's actually more um it's it makes you retain more so that that's what i was doing and uh again something clicked and and i was able to incorporate a little bit of of everybody that i had mentioned um and just kind of that's when my my gimmick developed and that's when everything in my head just, boom, it just took off. And I'm so happy that I did not give it up because the drive was always there. The motivation was always there. It was never that. It was because we just have, you know, some people just have that pull to this sport. And um, it, it was just, I, I was tired of everybody, you know, getting left in the, what I felt was the dust. Watching everybody else get better and just do this without any problems. And I'm like, what am I so afraid of? What is wrong? Why can't I get this? Well, I'm glad that you got it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I, yeah, I, that would have been a bummer to to see you giving up on it because I know how enthusiastic you were getting right. in, and I know obviously the stuff that's happened, you know, with your dad passing and all that stuff, and it's and I'm very happy to see 
where everything's at for you right now. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause as crazy as it is, if you continue on the trajectory you're on, like it really hasn't even started still. I know. You know. That's that's what I was thinking about. It's crazy. Like it's only the beginning, but I just feel like I've done so much, but it took 3 years and and I know sometimes it sounds scary like why were you training for 3 years before you debuted? So basically I'm what I'm breaking down, you know, is I I switched schools. I was only really off and on my first year uh, of training and then losing my dad had an impact even though I didn't stop training. It still Again, I was trying to get my bearings, and I just couldn't at this other school. So I went to Power Factory and then started training, but wasn't getting it. Wanted to quit. Then I picked up a momentum. Then I tore my left ankle doing nothing. Doing something. Nothing. I mean, that's usually how it happens. I was just hot-shotting somebody. I was jumping straight down off the apron, and I landed severely wrong. That was the first real big injury I've ever had. I was out for over six months. I had to wear a boot. It was terrible. And... I thought, great, I'm, I'm just not meant, you know, to do this, blah, blah, blah. But I returned to the ring, and the day that I did, everything felt so great. And I was like, fuck yeah, like, this still feels good. I love this. And um, I was still so excited about it and still loved it. So kept training, got a good momentum going. Then the pandemic happened, and the school shut down for, like, three months. So I finally have been able to, the last few months, really, this the last six or seven or nine months, been steady training. That's the first time in my life because of, of those setbacks. Um, but again, so I feel like after three years, I'm definitely seasoned enough <laughs> at this point. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, it, it three years isn't, I think three years isn't as long as what people think too. You know what I mean? True. Like, cause I think, you know, had all that stuff not happened, you might be where you're at now a little bit faster, but at the same time, I mean, there are so many wrestlers out there that they, I mean, they wrestle for so long and never and mm-hmm. you can't get booked. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, um, I'm I'm very very happy for where you're at right now. Thank like, you. I, like I I can't wait because it's something where you know a few months from now or next year, whenever we do another interview, I feel like we'll be talking about all these companies you wrestled for, all these <laughs> people that you wrestled. People yeah. that you you're wrestling that are now working for you know on television maybe you I mean you're really in one of the best places you literally can be as far as like where you that's train exactly. the purple the people you're getting to network with exactly like, and I know that too and that's you know I also did get to uh, Tommy Dreamer asked me uh, himself if I would be an extra at Impact last year and that was right before the pandemic as that well. was when I was in Vegas right yep. so when I got a taste of that as well I was just like oh I love this I, I definitely can't wait um that was when I was still kind of injured right before I went back I saw um, something I saw you you came over here before that yeah That's yeah right. to talk about you know the backstage interviewing and all that so I had a blast with them I had a great time with that company Impact is somebody I definitely signed with it, given the opportunity um so getting a taste of that and just kind of the realness every now and then it just i i just couldn't walk away from it i couldn't bring myself to do that because it would bother me and like you said you would have been bummed to see (laughs) i didn't want to have to explain 80 million times to everybody when they say how's your wrestling oh i decided to quit because uh, i i heard myself in my head i saw it in my head doing that and i was like i i can't i i'm i'm not gonna be able to do that it's gonna drive me nuts (laughs) (laughs) you um totally off off topic but like you were at that impact taping where scott steiner went down oh that yeah. was so i was 
like I wasn't there obviously, but you were like messaging me from there, mm-hmm. like, hey, this is going on. Like, luckily he's okay. But what was, I guess, what was um, outside of that? I know you said it was a good experience with Impact, mm-hmm. but I know you got to like talk to Moose because I remember you telling me that. Oh yeah, he's um, great. And yeah, he's he's somebody who I think has gotten in insanely better in the last probably year or so. Like he's he's killing it in Impact Wrestling mm-hmm. right now. Um, Super nice guy. I met a lot of really great talent there. And Tommy Dreamer, you said, was great. Super nice people, humbled. Tommy, the only reason that Tommy follows me on Instagram or that we we know of one another is because uh, I tweeted something at him years ago telling him to like do his research on something, and it wasn't even about wrestling. It wasn't <laughs> even wrestling-related. And uh, and then I checked my email randomly. Just you know, I wasn't thinking anything of it. And uh, it said, Tommy Dreamer sent you a message on Twitter, and I was like, what did I do? And because I had just started training then. That's what was funny is he kept up with me this whole time. Um, but he was nice and he was like, hey, I was only saying that blah, 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 whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, well, since you're here, uh, by the way. <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm by wrestling. Yeah. So he was like, perfect. You know, just keep me updated. If, if you ever want to come work for me, just send me your stuff and, and we'll see, you know, see about it and see what we can do. So that's even crazier that's how that came about and then he asked me himself to come to impact and and um and i just had a great time just seeing that firsthand experience because i have not been an extra at wwe yet so and i don't even know if i end up you know if i will so it was really a great opportunity there yeah yeah hell yeah um the scott steiner thing was kind of crazy just because he had cut a promo and then as soon as he went back it like the minute he stepped backstage he collapsed like, talk about, like, timing. It's crazy. Yeah. And the only reason that he survived was because they had EMT staff there. And I think he did actually die. And then they had that thing on the wall, the defibrillator, whatever, and uh, were able to, to jumpstart him, you know, back to life. And then they did the surgery. But that was insane. And it's just, it's kind of like that movie, The Wrestler. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was so weird because he cut the promo and just, as soon as he got back, dropped. It, it was nuts, um, but good for him. You know, he's okay. And, and his wife was so thankful because she was like, had he been home alone, he would be dead. Yeah, that's so scary to think about. Isn't that about. insane? I know, exactly. Yeah, he's had a hell of the last couple of years, I guess. Between that and then, like, the pandemic, I think, ruined the, his whole Shoney's here, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. He used to have that here. But I, I've always been a big fan of the Steiner Brothers. Like, I, I like both of those guys a lot, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything else, like, super, um, like, super important that we're, like, missing. I'm going to go through our old messages. Probably here. is. Let me see what we got here. I know you did want to talk to me before, uh, but I had said, why don't we wait till after I debut? We can talk about my first match if you'd like. Um, yeah. Because uh, it's on my YouTube channel, and uh, until I have 100 subscribers, I can't change the, the name, the link, and I'm like 70 URL. right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a link on my bio on my uh, Instagram, Zoe, Z-O-E, underscore W101. I'm so I'm just, I'm just saying that now before I forget. I'm going to subscribe right now. Oh, perfect. That'd be great. Yeah. Because so there's a that. link in my bio to the, well, there's a link in my bio to the professional match, but then, you know, you can obviously subscribe to, um, find me on YouTube. Uh, cause I post a lot of training matches there as well. Um, and I've gotten some pretty decent amount of views, which has been great. Um, so the first, uh, the first match I had, um, so my debut was two weeks ago, Sunday, March 14th. Um, I was super anxious and nervous the first two days about it. And then the day came and I was like, I'm excited at this point. 
And uh, like I said, you know, we have um, been able to transform our place, uh, our school, to like, you know, you have the curtains and the lighting, like I said, everything, um, which has been great. And, and the announcers or commentary, the whole thing. It's, it's been super professional. We have a great team there, all of us working together to set things up. We have four rings, so we have to get rid of three of them, you know. Uh, we just put them on wheels and push them. Oh, oh <laughs> so, you don't have to break them down. No, oh, no. Nice. Thank, okay. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> no, we came up with a great solution for that. So, um, But I, like I was telling other people, you know, I could have been debuting in some random promotion in like South Georgia with some girl that I've never worked with before. But instead, I got to do it at my school. You know, a very superstar treatment, like I said. And, and uh, very, very honored to have been able to do that. And I got to do have a match with somebody I've trained with for, for two years who I who I admire and who I think is very good at what they do. So um, I just couldn't have asked really for a better debut. I, I felt that everything went perfect. And once you get past it or once it's over, you're just like, oh, like breath of fresh air. It's like, I can do this now. So I'm able to be booked. Like, let's do this, you know, because I, I was trying to get booked and by sending off um, training matches and it's not, it, you know, it can only do so much. So, um, since the debut, and then it's been official. Like I said, you know, I already had an in with a few promoters, but yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it just, um, I couldn't have gone better, in my opinion, and um, I just hope overall I've made my dad proud. <laughs> yes. Hope yeah. he was watching me there. What's what's the best way to book you? Is it through your social media? Yeah, um, I'm still under, like, Zoe Walker, basically, um... I've debated doing a second wrestling Instagram, but I just don't know if I want to just yet. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the best way or email. Um, at, so it's going to be Z Walker, W A L K E R, uh, the number two, the number six, my dad's hockey number. We use it for like everything at gmail.com. So that's another way that you're able to do it. Um, for bookings, I'm, I'm officially accepting them. Like I mentioned, I've gotten three so far since the debut and, and I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm super excited mm -hmm. for you, too. So what I would like to do is these more often. So, like, a couple yeah. months out, like, after a few more matches, get your feet more wet, and we'll talk about... Maybe like, every, like, six months? Yeah, something <laughs> like of that. three years? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Well, I mean, now we're going to have a lot to talk about, because you're going to have... I mean, I've, I've never... I've met quite a few wrestlers towards the beginning of their career, uh -huh. like, where they've... You know, but usually it's, like, after they have trained. Like, there have been wrestlers where I may have seen their second, third, fifth match or whatever. Right. But you're the first person I think I've ever really talked to on, like, a consistent basis where it's, like, from day one of training through training, mm -hmm. now taking bookings, and now we get to talk about what it's like to start all that off. Like, yeah. So I am... I think, yeah, we, we'll definitely do this more often. And, yeah, it won't be another three years, that's for sure. Because, <laughs> again, it's only the beginning. That's what's so crazy about everything. And it just feels right. And I feel like I'm at a great place right now. I feel happy with where I'm at. Is there anything else that you wanted to let people know before we get out of here? Like, we're, like, right at an hour. This was, like, perfect. Yeah. Um, no, I, I appreciate, I mean, if, if anybody likes to follow my journey, you know, I mentioned um, where you can find me. I'm still kind of getting used to Twitter, but it's still the same, Zoe underscore W101. Um, and, uh, any, I mean, I've had a lot of people reach out and say, I'm really glad that this happened for you and you're an inspiration to women, and, and I'm glad you went for this. I'm glad you didn't give, give up, because like I said, you know, I, I definitely wanted to, but um, it 
it's been a hell of an experience and it is my peace. It's what makes me happy at the end of the day. So it's, it's hard to walk away from something that does that for you. Yes. I couldn't so, agree more. Yeah. I, I, you just feel that pull. I mean, people retire, like I said, but they come back. They, they just, you can't help it. Edge, Christian, all that. All of them. All of them, yeah. No one probably ever actually retires from wrestling. I really don't think you do. I, I Even when you're to a certain... I mean, Ric Flair still will make many appearances. Well, he still wants to wrestle. Like, I'm sure he does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he does. It, it is. It, my thing has always just been, like, there are just a select few of us on this earth that are just have this pull to wrestling. And I don't know what it is. And... I wish it was something I could shake loose, but it, it's not. Um, it's just something I love and I always have. And um, that's one more thing that I could, you know, actually touch on is um, one thing that I've, I mean, I've always kind of been for, because I don't consider myself like a feminist by any means, but I remember when I was in like seventh grade in middle school or whatever, and I wanted to, um, I wanted to join like a girls wrestling team, but there were none around. Recently, I was working a trade show, and a lady was telling me that her granddaughter, who's like four, is going to wrestle. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, oh, well, in Iowa, in some of like the Plain States and like Oklahoma, they have uh, women's wrestling amateur leagues for like younger girls. And they have like over like 545 signups, something like that. That's like, great. it's insane. It's so great because, and that is something that I'll always be like, and it's, I'll always be like rooting for because it's not you know, um, guys and girls in a mix. It's, I, I like that it's specifically girls that, because it is, it's kind of like gymnastics in a way. And I, I don't see if girls can do karate, you know, at that age, why can't they do, uh, do wrestling? Cause it's, it's really, um, I think it, it's great training. I mean, you were the amateur wrestler. I, I wasn't. So, uh, you would know better about that training than I would. Appreciate you coming by again and doing this. Absolutely. Like, this awesome. I love this kind of stuff. And it's just, the beginning, like I said, it's just the beginning, so so we'll see what, what's next for me. It's just the beginning. Make sure you're all following Zoe Walker. Make sure you're following Gemma Jules and <laughs> following the journey and uh, follow her on all our social media. Say your social media one more time. It's, um, so, it's, I think it's the same across the board, Zoe, uh, Z-O-E underscore W-101 um, for Twitter and Instagram. I don't really, like, the YouTube, like I said, it can't, it's like a link, um, that is a bunch of letters and nonsense. If you search Z-O-E Walker, you, it yes, will come or up. Or Gemma Jewels, one of my matches will come up, and, and that's where you can subscribe. Once I get to 100 subscribers, then I can I can uh, change the name. <laughs> Hopefully after this podcast drops, you'll be at that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Follow me and my journey, and, um, you know, let's make big things happen. All right. That's going to do it for my conversation with Zoe Walker, a.k.a. Gemma Jewels. Thank you very much once again to Zoe, and thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit the download button, the subscribe button, the follow button, whatever's available on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, whatever. We're available pretty much everywhere. The good ratings, the subscriptions, the downloads, all that stuff helps out a ton. Very much appreciated. Also, make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at FightTalk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore and use my code FightTalk on IWTV.live or IndependentWrestling.tv. Get five days completely for free. There's a ton of great wrestling this weekend. Southern Underground Pro, my favorite company in the world, comes back on Thursday, the 25th. It's going to be great. Cannot wait. So check it out. Watch the show for free. Use code FIGHTTALK. No space. All one word in that promo code spot. Get yourself five free days. IndependentWrestling.tv. 
Also, as I said at the top of the show, shout out to Music City Toys and Collectibles. Founded in 2002, formerly known as Heroes and Legends, Music City Toys and Collectibles is your southern fried source for vintage and modern toys, autographed memorabilia, and all things pop culture. Visit their brand new retail location opening May 1st at 101 West Main Street in Waterton, Tennessee. Keep up to date with all of their special in-store signings, online sales, and convention appearances at musiccitytoys.biz and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Music City Toys. And as I talked about at the top of the show, I'll be there live in the house May 1st at their brand new store opening doing that Q&A session with Dan the Beast Severn. Can't wait. UFC Hall of Famer, pro wrestling legend. We're going to be doing a Q&A session. There's about 30 tickets still available. So snag those up while they're still out there and get some stuff signed by Dan Severn. I'm going to bring some action figures. I'm going to buy some from Music City Toys, get them autographed. I can't wait. It's going to be a great time. Definitely join us on May the 1st. Also, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. They just do insane giveaways over on their website. Right now, they have three $1 contests going on. There's an NXT contest, there's a Stone Cold Belt giveaway, and there's a WrestleMania giveaway. So we have three contests that are literally $1 entries. The NXT contest is going to give away an NXT World title, a North American title, and a set of tag team titles. There's going to be three winners with four belts on the line on that one. Once again, $1, potentially $3, you get all those prizes. The Stone Cold Belt giveaway is the brand new custom legacy title that the WWE Shop is selling for Stone Cold. The belt looks sick. There's only 500 of them made, so they're limited edition, and you can have one of them for only $1 at WrestleRumble.com. And also for WrestleMania, they're giving away custom titles. Um, First place is going to get a WrestleMania Moments belt, which I've never really even seen before. Uh, The center plate has Daniel Bryan holding up both world titles after WrestleMania 30. There's other great WrestleMania Moments on the side plates. Second place is getting a Smoking Skull Steve Austin title, and third place is getting a Brahma Bowl The Rock title. So, I mean, three titles there. Hypothetically speaking, there are, let's see, we have three titles, four titles, five, six, seven, eight. For for $7, you could win eight championships. How insane is that? $7, you could win eight championships. Literally thousands of dollars worth of title belts available at WrestleRumble.com. And they'll have the WrestleMania Pick'em Contest available sometime soon, uh, probably once the card is a little more finalized. But I'd be keeping my eyes and uh, ears open for that one soon, too, because they usually have a lot of cash on the line in those Pick'em Contests. So stay up to date with everything WrestleRumble.com does by following them on Twitter, at WrestleRumble. And last but never least, shout out to my brother Brian Jensen. He is a boxing coach. He can be followed on Instagram at BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. He can help you in a wide variety of ways. Um, he owns a gym in Atlanta, Georgia. He can help you in person. He can help you at his gym, in a park, at your work, at your house, whatever's easiest for you. And he specializes in a wide range of stuff. He can help you learn how to throw hands, get in better shape. If you want to lose a little weight, if you want to just know some self-defense, if you want to compete at an amateur or pro level in a combat sport, he can help you with all these things. And if you have any kind of neurological issue, he specializes in that as well. If you have Parkinson's, MS, anything along those lines, Brian is specialized to be able to help you with your dexterity, your, your range of motion, flexibility, a whole bunch of stuff, rebuilding strength. He's, he's an expert at all these things. doesn't matter what your age is, what your size is, what your skill level is. And even if you're not in the Atlanta, Georgia area, Brian can help you remotely through um, Skype sessions, Zoom calls, that kind of stuff. He'll help you reach your goals. The best way to reach him is to just follow him on Instagram at BoxingATL. Slide in those direct messages. 
and make something happen. So I promise you with all the sponsors, if you hear or if you send, if you reach out to any of the sponsors I just mentioned and say, hey, Steven Jensen sent me your way, I promise you, you get really good deals on all the sponsors I just mentioned. So that all being said, that's going to do it for this episode of the Fight Talk podcast. I've once again been Steven Jensen. You can follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. You can listen to me next this weekend um, over at FightfulSelect.com. I'll be doing my weekly Fightful Weekender podcast where I talk all independent wrestling, pretty much everything not going on in the WWE or on Dynamite. So a wide range of stuff. Uh, and please check that out. That's over at FightfulSelect.com as a part of Fightful.com's premium service. You get my show, you get Alex Pulowski's Sour Graps, you get Shaq's One-Two Punch, uh, you get a bunch of stuff from Sean Ross Sapp. It's totally worth the money, I promise you. You will not be disappointed if you go over there and subscribe at FightfulSelect.com. And this upcoming Tuesday, as with every Tuesday, I'll be on Fightful.com's uh, Twitch channel. So it'll be twitch.tv slash FightfulGaming. Every Tuesday, we do a live watch-along of Impact Wrestling. Myself and Joel Pearl are always there, and then Jeremy Lambert, comes every other week onto the show and we have a revolving third uh so a lot of fun hanging out watching impact so join us over there on twitch once again twitch.tv slash fightful gaming anything else i have going on i'll make sure to keep updated on my twitter and until next time i'll uh i'll see y'all next time i don't know how to end this show enjoy some wrestling this weekend y'all <laughs>